Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 1. We are finishing what we started last week in our, in our message on Mary, learning to receive your own assignment, learning to accept it and to walk in it. Lord, we commit this word to you. I ask all of you to stand, please, in honor of the reading of the word of God. Would you do so now? I'm reading out of Luke 1, verse 26 and following. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's, Mary, the virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw this, she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary said to the angel, How? How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, and let it be to me according to your word. The angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias, and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, therefore there shall be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of His Word. You may be seated. Last time, we talked about how the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, and we talked about how that must have been an amazing struggle for her, 
when she first heard it. But we, first, we found out, first of all, that the angel of the Lord, first of all, spoke a blessing to her. He said to her, you are blessed of the Lord. You are highly favored. Now, I want you to understand that at that very moment, Mary didn't feel blessed of the Lord. She didn't feel highly favored. I wonder if today you feel blessed of the Lord and highly favored. How many of you know you can never judge the Lord's intentions towards you based on how you feel? It has to go back to the eternal and unchangeable Word of God. The Word of God says that you are blessed and highly favored in Christ Jesus. The Word of God says that the Father has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That He has called you holy and righteous and blameless and loved and accepted and forgiven. He's called you the head and not the tail. He's called you on top and not underneath. He's called you blessed in the city and blessed in the field. God has called you blessed, 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 blessed. Highly favored. Have you received it? Romans 5.17 says, Those who receive the abundance of God's grace, His favor, His ability, will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. It is a blessing that has already been pronounced on you by the Father through the Lord Jesus. Your job is to believe it, to receive it, and to act on it. So the angel said to Mary, you are highly favored of God. And when she saw him, the Bible says in verse 29, we saw this last time, she was first of all troubled. Sometimes when God speaks to you, you will be troubled because out of your own comfort zone, the Holy Spirit will sometimes interrupt that which you thought was an ordinary time, an ordinary day. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will begin to give you an assignment that is, that is going to mess with your comfort zone. As I said last week, we're addicted to comfort in our culture. But you know what? Being addicted to comfort keeps us from hearing the voice of God many times. Our greatest blessings sometimes come when the voice of the Lord tells us that we're blessed and He has an assignment for us. The highest honor is sometimes that which shakes us the most. God has chosen to use you for His own reason. Do you know that whatever you're going through today, the Lord has great dependence. He has believed that you could handle it because he knows that you have all the resources of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. So maybe you should quit asking God why you're doing this and say, why would you honor me to go through this journey to give you glory? Sometimes we're asking the wrong questions. So Mary said to the angel, <clears throat> she, she, she was troubled, and the angel said, first of all, Mary, you've got to deal with your fear. Do not be afraid, Mary. How many of you know that to really hear the voice of God, the greatest resistance to that is fear? You don't have to do anything to be fearful. All you got to do is nothing. Because in your own flesh, that is that, that part of you that you're, you're thinking, speaking, and behaving that is not under the control and the direction of the Holy Spirit, your own flesh will constantly talk to you. Your arch enemy, the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, the way he does that is through fear. 
The devil will steal your peace. He will steal your joy. He will steal your income. He will steal your health. But a lot of the ways that he does that is through fear. Fear is an open door to the enemy. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, God does, is not the author of fear. No wonder the Bible says over 300 times, fear not, fear not. It is that which resists what God is trying to do. <clears throat> many, many times I believe that if we were to really hear the voice of the Lord, the deepest brokenness of my life was when the Holy Spirit told me that my problem was fear. I thought it was something else. And God said, no, your real problem is fear. Because, you see, the Word is very clear in 1 John, chapter 5, in 1 John 4, 16, where it says that it is the love of God that casts out fear. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you have never really connected with the love of God. And that's the reason that fear is in operation in your life, and that's the reason you got all these manifestations of brokenness. I don't know about you, but I have an opportunity to resist fear on a daily basis. Like I say, all you got to do is nothing, and fear will be right there as your companion. It'll, be, it'll spring forth in your mind. It'll affect your emotions. It will make, it'll affect your decisions. It'll affect your relationships. It'll affect everything. So the first thing the angel said by the voice of God to Mary was, do not fear. You have found favor with God. Whatever assignment the Lord has given you, focus first on what he says about you. You're more than a conqueror through him who loved you. You've got all the resources you need to overcome and to succeed in the assignment that he's given you. I had a wonderful conversation this week with one of our partners in Tennessee, and um, I had the privilege of saying to her, you are already walking in your assignment. Can I tell you, some of you are so confused about, you know, I'm seeking my assignment, and you always need to do that, but most of you are already walking in your assignment, and you don't know it. You need to embrace it. You need to embrace the fact that God and His favor is enough for anything that you're going to have to go through. Your assignment, don't, don't try to make this some deep, dark, mysterious thing that you've got to go up on a mountain sometime and get struck by lightning to get it. That wouldn't be healthy anyway. The assignment that the Lord has given us is sometimes we're already living in it. We just haven't accepted it, embraced it, and believed what God is saying about us, that he is the author of everything we need, everything we need to receive the assignment that we have. I told you last week that the Lord spoke to me as I was preparing for this a couple of weeks ago, and I asked the Lord, what is my assignment? He told me what it was. It's over my head. It's over my head. I am not capable I can tell you that right now. But you know what? If you always have an, if your assignment is something that you believe that you can handle it and that you don't need any help, then uh, you know you're not going to be listening to what the Lord is saying to you. Most of the time, your assignment is something you're not going to succeed at without 
submitting to his leadership and without trusting him to be at work in that deal. It's usually over your head. This was way more than Mary could handle in and of herself. And uh, as we said last week, in verse 34, she said to the angel when he said, you're going to be the mother of the Most High. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how? How? I don't know about you, but so many times I've missed the voice of God because I have, my mind has been so dominant but trying to figure out how. Anybody here say, Pastor, you're not alone. I'll bet you most of the sleep you lose is because you're trying to figure out how. I'll bet you that most of the anxiety you feel is because you're wondering how. It's okay. You're human. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I don't have any intimate relations with a man. And the angel answered, verse 35, and said, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's going to conceive this child. Do you know the answer to the success in your assignment? Do you know that the answer to bringing that child that you've prayed for for years back into the heart of God, do you know that the answer for direction about your business, do you know that the answer about direction about what to do next in your life as it, as it relates to the health of your body, the, the, the well-being of your relationship, do you know that the answer is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. But Pastor, I want it in black and white. Do you know that if all you've got is a set of rules and regulations, you won't develop a relationship? And the Lord loves you so much, He wants you to be able, He, he wants to develop a relationship with you. And the only way it's going to happen is by the walking with the Holy Spirit. Are you investing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you spend some time listening to his voice in worship or the word or prayer? Do you worship with other believers and not forsake the assembling of yourself together? Do you, do you listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak to you, not only in public but in private? He is the author of all wisdom. He is the author of all direction and guidance. The Holy Spirit will give you direction for the assignment that you're in right now. Be dependent on Him. Invest in Him. That's His role. Our role is to do what? What did Mary do? Look at verse 38. We closed here last time. Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Lord, I am yours. I trust the Holy Spirit to do what I can't do. But I am your servant. Do you know you're not only his daughter, his son, you're his servant. What a high, high honor. Far greater than your employer. Far greater than any relative far greater than anybody and what they think of you. 
You are his son, his daughter, and his servant. What an honor. What a high and holy calling. Mary said, Behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be to me. Okay, I've got this assignment from the Lord. I will believe and receive it. Father, this is yours. And you know what goes with that? Verse 37, the blessing with God, nothing will be impossible. You know, whatever situation you're focusing on today, God needs to remind you again, with, with Him, nothing is impossible. Nothing. Nothing is impossible. Everybody say it with me. For with God, boy, that's weak. For with God, one more time, for with God, nothing should be impossible. We can stay here all day if you want to. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mary said, here I am, Lord. Everybody say this with me. Here I am, Lord. Whatever my assignment, here I am. Nothing shall be impossible with you. I want you to notice something important here. Boy, I wish everybody who is a member or a partner of this ministry or a member of this church could be here or at least listen to this. What did Mary do next? She didn't just hear the voice of God. She didn't know how. She just took the next right step. Well, what was the next right step for her? Look at verse 39. Mary arose in those days. She got up. She got up. She got in motion. She arose in those days. She didn't lay there and say, oh my God, what am I going to do? This is impossible. You know to what she could have said, what is Joseph going to think when I tell him I'm pregnant? I mean, wouldn't that be the practical question you would ask? This was a serious deal. She was betrothed far more, far more legal than what we know as an engagement. It was a holy commitment between families. This, a betrothal was as good as marriage except for no consummation in the marriage bed. That's as plain as I know how to put it. So, I got to tell Joseph that I'm pregnant, and guess what? The Holy God by the Holy Spirit is going to be the father of this child. <laughs> yeah, right. Notice, in case you didn't know, chronologically, God had this visit with Mary. She agreed. She accepted the assignment of the Lord, but guess what? There's no evidence whatsoever that she communicated with Joseph. An angel went and had a visit with Joseph and said, don't be afraid now. Don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, because she is. And then the angel told Joseph what he had told Mary. And Joseph had the opportunity to believe and receive the knowledge of the truth. What an incredible man to take on an assignment that he didn't ask for. Some of you have an assignment right now. 
You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. But here you are right in the middle of it. The Holy Spirit. He's the one who's going to guide you through this. The Holy Spirit. He can tell people things that you can't ever get them to believe. Did you know that? He can do things in the heart of those closest to you that you will never get them to see or understand or believe. The Holy Spirit. Your role is to trust Him and believe Him and to get moving. Mary arose in those days and went with haste. She hurried up, but where is she going? She entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now look back in the early part of this chapter. And I want you to see in verse 5, who and why would she go see Zacharias and Elizabeth? Have you ever done any study about that? Have you ever, has it ever puzzled you about why would Mary go immediately to see Zacharias and Elizabeth? <laughs> Boy, this is something. In verse 5, we see there was a certain priest named Zacharias. Everybody say he was a priest. He was a spiritual leader. And notice he had a wife whose name was Elizabeth And verse 6. Now watch this. Go down to verse 7. They had how many children? I said how many children? Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Understand this, that in first century Jewish culture, if you were a woman and you didn't have a child, you were considered, it was actually considered and propagated through religion that you, you, were, you were somehow displeasing to God. You just weren't the woman you ought to be. And that nonsense was perpetuated through religion. But I want you to back up just a minute, and I want to show you how God saw about it. Verse 6, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and they were both what? They were both righteous before God. Did everybody see that? Boy, that'll fly in the face of all that religious nonsense. They were both righteous before God. This was not a curse to be barren. This was not some, oh, you're in some kind of uh, secondary role of the favor of God. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. They were blameless. Were they spiritually mature? I should say so. Were they in a place of spiritual leadership? I should say so. Notice when Mary goes to Elizabeth and Zechariah's house, she was doing something that the Lord ordained. Remember that the angel of the Lord had told her that in verse 36, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. I don't know what old was for them back then, but I can tell you he was old because they lived a long time. So the Lord told Mary to get up, 
Remember what Mary say? How? He just said the Holy Spirit. No other details. But go see your spiritual covering. You got an assignment from God. I got somebody I want you to go see. You go see this woman that you've always looked up to, this woman who's older than you, this woman who has a longer journey than you, this woman who has lived, according to that scripture we just read, a holy and righteous and blameless life. I want you to go to her. I want you to go to her husband's house, who is a spiritual leader, a priest who served the Lord with all his heart. If you've been given an assignment by God, and you recognize it's over your head, it may have to do with your family, it may have to do with your business, your health, whatever, Please understand that part of the way you're going to succeed is you receive, you believe that the Holy Spirit will do it. You believe and you, you accept whatever the Lord wants to do. But you kind of get under, involved, connected with the right spiritual leadership. We've got a handful of people in this church who understand covering. And I'm praying that God will give greater revelation. The first thing he was told, she was told, and she obeyed, she went to that. What is covering? It's spiritual leadership where you know you can be prayed for, where you know you can be encouraged, where you know there is a model, where you know that there is counsel, where you know that there's longevity and faithfulness. Listen, no spiritual covering is perfect. You're never going to find that on this earth. It doesn't exist. But how many of you know God uses position more than He uses personality? There are, there, there are things that God will do for you and through, and, and through you that you're not going to get unless you get under the spiritual covering that God has ordained for you. And recognize it. They're not perfect. Never will be. But God will use that position of covering to teach you and help you and do things and, and connect with you. For, for something that he, this is his idea. We didn't make this up. God did this. In the early church, even the apostles, even the apostles over and over and over and over again went to the pastor of the church whose name was James, half-brother of Jesus, and they would go to him with the plans and ask for blessing as they went all over the Roman Empire. Why? Because James was perfect? No. He made mistakes. 
God has ordained that one way that we succeed is by the submission to covering spiritual leadership where there's prayer and encouragement and model and counsel and love and a safe place. You're not going to succeed in the assignment God gives you without three things. you got to have covering or your assignment will overwhelm you. You've got to have assignment from somebody that you love and trust that's farther down the road than you are. I've got that in my life today, and I'm older than I want to tell you. Somebody farther down the road than you are. You gotta have, and God will show you, you gotta have spiritual covering, a, 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 a pastoral, a, a looking, a caring, a praying, an encouraging, a ministering of the word. Somebody you can trust and listen to who will not judge you or beat you up or always be telling you, you coulda, woulda, shoulda done this. Stay away from those people, they're poison. You heard what I said, they're poison. Then I got to help you walk with the Lord. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, they'll love you enough to tell you the truth, but it'll be out of love. So you need covering. Number two, you need a coach. You need some counsel. You need some godly counsel. Somebody and this might be in the form of a professional counselor who does it for a living. It may be just in the, somebody who knows what you do, who has understanding, or who has the spiritual maturity to give you some advice when you just don't know what to do. Covering, counsel, or coaching. I call them life coaches. And third, you need a core. Notice how they all started with a C. Isn't that amazing? You need a core. You need one to three close, faithful friends who are easy, comfortable, not judgmental, not bringing up to you all the stuff you could have, would have, should have done. You need one to three spiritual covering agents, one to three coaches or counselors, one to three, a core of friends who you can just be easy and faithful and be yourself, and you can tell them anything, and they'll love you just the same. Hallelujah. You didn't hear that on TV. You heard that from your pastor. It's good. Covering. Coaching on a core. It is the key to success. Where'd you get that? Right out of what we just read. That's what Mary did. You're not going to succeed by yourself. Not going to succeed by yourself. So make up your mind that in the assignment that you have, you need the Holy Spirit's direction. And you need those that he puts into your life and lets you know is there for a reason. And last, here's what Mary did. When she saw, by the way, do you know the first thing the angel of the Lord did? He affirmed her. You're blessed and highly favored. Do you know what then he did next? He didn't 
affirm her, he confirmed her. Through Elizabeth and Zacharias. How many of you have ever experienced where you know, you know, you just felt like the Lord was saying something to you and you felt in your inner man that the Spirit was leading you in a certain direction, but somebody came into your life, maybe somebody close, but some physical agent, somebody with skin on said something to you, boy, that just confirmed it. Isn't God good to do that? We not only need affirmation from the Lord, we need confirmation from the outside. Uh, especially when it relates to somebody who has a mature journey with the Lord. Affirmation, confirmation. And this is what Mary said after she had received this mighty confirmation from Elizabeth. And I, I know all of you remember that Elizabeth was the carrier of John the Baptist. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Hallelujah. Praise and worship in the Holy Spirit. Continual praise and worship, especially when you're perplexed, especially when you don't know how, especially when you don't get it. Praise and worship in the Holy Spirit is the key to your ability to carry out the assignment God's given you. Like I've told others who have gone through and are going through some difficult stuff, you can go through periods where you have an assignment and you don't want it, and you're perplexed, confused, and frustrated. There may be those times when it seems like the Lord's not hearing you or nowhere to be found. Those are the most powerful times in your life because there's when you can trust Him when you don't hear Him. That's when you learn to trust Him when you don't see Him. That's when you learn something that is higher than faith. And that is trust. I don't get this. I don't want this. I don't understand this. I don't know. But I trust you and I believe that you're at work both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And that anything and everything is already under your feet. Whatever the source of this, I trust you that you have the final word. It's an opportunity. There's good news. There's good news in this wonderful story of the birth of our Savior. And I've chosen to focus these last two weeks on the physical carriers of that birth and their own journey. And I pray that the Lord will honor His Word and enable all of us to understand that we all have an assignment. It may be easy. It may be trivial, it may be hard and extremely difficult. The only thing we should do is continue to seek the Lord and to do what Mary did. Get up. Start moving. And see what the Lord says. So I'm going to ask you to stand now with your eyes closed.
And would you make this your prayer of celebration to the Lord, remembering Him. And don't forget this holy time we'll have next Sunday. Come and go. I'll remind you. Father, we thank you for your love, your mighty, incredible grace. We worship you, God. We do what Mary did. Our soul magnifies the Lord, and our spirit rejoices in God, our Savior. Thank you for loving us enough to send that Holy Savior to us in our brokenness. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.